Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, podcast 179. I'm in the school parking lot, and it's raining a little bit, kind of sprinkling, so you might hear some background noise. This podcast will basically kind of be the total opposite of the last two, because all I really have to talk about are a couple of news items, and I don't really have any new stuff for actual game discussion. So like I said, it'd be kind of the opposite of the previous podcasts. But hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. Those who are hardcore Blizzard fans have probably heard the news that their next MMO, which they had been calling Project Titan as a working title, has now officially been cancelled. For those who don't know what Titan was, it would be Blizzard's second big MMO. They originally announced this very shortly after they launched World of Warcraft. It was originally slated for, I believe, 2012. But that got changed to 2014, and then it got changed again in a third sort of redesign shape that it was taking and targeted at 2016. But I guess since it had gone through three different sort of total rework redesigns, they really weren't happy with where it was going and decided to cancel it entirely. Well, this might be good news for World of Warcraft fans, because now all of their development will settle just on World of Warcraft. People like me, who were really looking forward to what Blizzard would offer as a second MMO, are now left with nothing. I suppose, in a way, it does make sense, as pretty much the entire industry is moving away from traditional MMOs. The closest thing we seem to have these days are MMOs which sort of revolve around either quick instances or something like the upcoming Shadow Realms, which is sort of a MOBA-style quick instance play where your character will progress over time, but actual time investment is very small per, you know, per match. So it makes me wonder if part of this long development cycle sort of saw all of those changes coming about and Blizzard decided due to all the changes in the industry that, yeah, you know, a second traditional MMO just wouldn't make sense anymore. Again, I'm personally left feeling pretty disappointed. I really liked how World of Warcraft started out, but over the years the talent system changed, and it's changed in several of their other games as well, and has gone kind of in directions I don't really like anymore. So, for many years now, I had been really looking forward to that second MMO to see what they would come up with for, you know, classes and skills and talents and what kind of direction they were going to take, both for themselves and for the industry in general. But now it looks like if somebody is going to take that next big step forward for what was previously traditional MMOs, it's not going to be Blizzard. Somebody else will have to make that step. And as far as I can see from what games are in development, nobody's really going to make that step. Everybody's sort of sticking to either traditional MMOs, 
which there are very, very few of in development, or they're doing something new like with Shadow Realms, or they're going to combine different styles like Battleborn is sort of a MOBA slash FPS game. Or we've got Destiny, which, you know, is mostly a traditional shooter, but does have a lot of MMO elements in terms of loot gathering and sort of a leveling system. It's it's kind of a few number of levels, so it's not quite as level-dependent as other games. But it seems like the industry as a whole is going in sort of a few different directions, which is nice to see. And I would be very curious now who will take that next big step in MMO development. The next sad news I have about a game being sort of cancelled is one of my favorite developers, Double Fine, was working on Space Base DF9, which was sort of a, a base building, sort of, I, I guess you could say simulation kind of game. It's sort of an old school style game where you make base and you put different rooms in it that have different sort of abilities, like there was going to be, you know, medical bay would heal sick people or maybe make them, you know, healthier to do beneficial things. And you need, like, an engine room to power everything, and you need a garden to have enough food. So sort of a simulation-type game where you build up your base. They have apparently decided to stop development, as it were. They've basically said... The features we have going in are going to be it. We aren't going to add any more of the features we wanted to add because if we kept doing that, it would take forever to finish the game. So it's very sad to hear that one of my favorite developers, very few of which are left these days, most have kind of died off, has basically called it quits on this project. I don't know too many details on what's left to go in and how many features they are going to still add, But it seems like whatever they have now is pretty much, you know, a final state. It's a fun game. It's a great game. I probably would say it's probably not worth much more than 10 bucks in its current state that I last played it in. It is a ton of fun. But there's just not a whole lot there. You can figure out how to build a good base and how to, you know, survive in pretty much a handful of hours. And then many of the bad, dangerous stuff that could happen, you know, wasn't implemented in the game yet. So it seems like that's probably all there's really going to be, and that's not going to come to fruition. Which is very sad. I do hope I'm wrong, and that the early news I saw about it was, you know, they do have more features they're going to add. They're just not going to add beyond that. And it will come out to be, you know, a fully fleshed, very fun game. Right now, it's a fairly fun game. And it's sad to hear they're kind of giving up on it and not going to make it as completely awesome as it could have been.
And the third bit of news I have is actually not sad news. Destiny has added their first sort of big, I wouldn't really say permanent content patch because it is sort of a special event that's only open for a little while. But apparently it will cycle now and then and come back at different times. And that is the Queen's Wrath event, which is already started and it goes until October 6th. So if you've been playing and you kind of paused, you might want to jump back in and check that out. I believe a character of any level can get the bounty from the robot bounty vendor. I forget his name. And if I'm not mistaken, you actually have to do that first. You can't get bounties any other way or do special quests any other way other than that. I started off by doing two bounties from the robot bounty vendor. And then after that, on my galaxy map, after I turned those in and had the faction, it unlocked... I forget what it's called, but it's a special Queen's story quest, and it's at sort of the top of those special notations on the left side of your galaxy map. It's level 24 and up. I don't think you can change the difficulty level. It it just had the one click, and there wasn't like a secondary screen to choose a difficulty. It was super difficult for me the first time I did it. I was level 26, and I got a purple Queen's Wrath chest piece, which was kind of very similar stats to what I had, but it did have intelligence instead of discipline, and since I'm pretty terrible at throwing grenades, I uh, went for the new chest piece, which had a lot less light on it because I'd been leveling up the other one for quite a while. So I actually dropped down to level 25, but then I did the quest again, and it was a different story mission which was very cool to see. It was still extremely tough, but I got through it. You know, you have to play carefully if you're solo. I'm sure if you don't play solo, it's probably quite a bit easier. The bad guys were, like, two-shotting me, though, so you do still have to be super careful. But again, at the end of it, I got another purple chess piece. I'm sure that's probably very rare. It, It probably will not happen again, I'm sure, if I play more. I only had, like, an hour and a half to spend with the Queen's Bounty quests, so I didn't get a lot done. And I'm sure I'll talk about on the next podcast, you know, what kind of other loot I saw. But it seems like if you are 24 plus and you can take that special story mode quest, it's absolutely worth doing. Of course, I did previously play through many story quests on high-level settings because I do like that kind of challenge. I had actually even played through one or two that were a level above me. So it is sort of a similar challenge as that. It's a little bit tougher. Like I said, you you could get two-shotted in these. Whereas in a standard story quest mode, you you kick it up to your level. You know, it takes like three or four shots to kill you. But it was a lot of fun. I do really like the PvE challenge. So if you are into that kind of thing, you want to check that out. The bounties that the droid offers are both PvE and PvP bounties. They'll both get you Queen's Wrath faction. So if you are into checking that out and building up your faction, even though there aren't very good items to purchase at the vendor right now, you'll definitely want to check that out. I would assume that your faction is going to stick around permanently. So whatever faction you build up, you know, by the end of this event, I'm sure when it opens up again, you'll still have the faction. 
So I'm sort of looking at it long term, like, you know, there might not be anything I really want to buy from the vendor this round. When they come back again, who knows, you know, in the future when they'll come back. But I am assuming they will have probably different stuff. And, you know, I might want to buy something then. So I'm going to work on building up my faction as much as I can while the event is open. And see, you know, how high I can get that faction and do those cool story quests with the special modes. Because I think it's quite a bit of fun. I am curious, too, if that area that opens up and the area the emissary slash merchant is in is sort of above slash behind the bounty quest giver. He's sort of, you know, above the three vanguard trainers. I wonder if that area is sort of a special event area. Because it does look very open. It does look like there could be some kind of celebration stuff set up in there. Maybe we'll see something come up for Halloween or Christmas. Who knows? It would not at all surprise me if this area was opened back up for that. And there were, you know, different things going on. One thing to note is that you will at least want to go in there and visit very quickly, even if you don't really care about the Queen's Wrath event. Because as you are approaching the emissary, if you sort of veer to the right, along that railing is a dead ghost. So you'll want to go over to that railing and grab the dead ghost while this area is open. Because once it's closed, you won't be able to reach it anymore. Not a huge deal for those who don't care about lore. But for those who do, you know, it does unlock some cool story stuff on the companion. So you can check that out. That's all my notes so far for the Queen's Wrath event. But if you're into playing Destiny at all, you might want to check it out and see what kind of bounties are cool that you would be interested in and work on that faction a little bit. And hopefully you'll have a fun time with it. So that's it for this Rabbit's Foundlings podcast. Like I said, the whole thing was kind of news. And I don't think there's any other news worth mentioning. The next game I'm looking at is the next Dragon Age game, which is like mid-November. So that's still a ways off. No donations or Patreon people. Which is kind of extra sad because signing up for the class and getting some software licenses I need to get will be about 100 bucks of money, which was not in my budget, so that's going to hurt quite a bit. On the good side, I suppose it does get me access to the film editing software I really liked, so I'll be able to do film stuff for, I don't know, six weeks or so, whatever it is that I'll have the access to it for. But like I said, um, you know, that wasn't money I was planning on spending or had put in my budget, so that's going to hurt quite a bit in terms of how much I can save up. And who knows, you know, next quarter, you know, it's going to be at least 50 bucks for signing up for class and then whatever I need to spend for software again. Assumably, it would be another $60 license kind of thing. So that's another bunch of money I won't have in my budget. 
So very sad, worrisome times coming up. And of course, you know, if that does happen, I'll run out of money for fun game time. I did take my system to the local food store and test out if I could play on their connection. Out of about two hours I played, because I don't want to leave my system alone, so I'm only going to play there a few hours at a time if I do this. I dropped like three times in the first half hour or so, but then the next hour I only dropped one other time. The connection is really kind of unstable though. Some days it tests out really, really, really slow, and the other days it tests out, you know, basically at the speed I played at that one day. So if it comes to it, it seems like taking my system to the local food store and playing for a few hours in, you know, basically the corner of that little coffee shop they have in there seems like a viable option. I would really like to get one of these cases. This company called Games, and it's spelled really oddly, it's like G-A-E-M-S, makes basically a case with a 19-inch monitor sort of built into it. So it's basically like you strap your console in there, and then everything you need is right there. You just spend like a minute plugging the things in, and then you're ready to go. That would be, you know, a lot less conspicuous than walking into a food store with, you know, a 19-inch monitor, which is basically what I did. It's kind of hidden after I set it up, but, you know, it is kind of weird looking and, and, you know, certainly feels very weird to go into a store like that. Plus, you know, I have to jam my backpack full of all of my PS4 stuff, which is, you know, not ideal. It it fits okay in the backpack, but, you know, putting in the console and then putting in all the stuff separately and having it all sort of just loose in the backpack is not very good. But, uh, you know, the, that model with the 1080 monitor is like 350 bucks, so that's not, you know, any kind of realistic option for me right now. Even the smaller one with the lower resolution monitor is like 250 bucks. They're supposed to get some new monitors and new types uh, very soon. They said they're kind of having some difficulty with their vendor on getting the monitors, so... They should have new 1080p models pretty soon, which would ideally be what I'd want to look at, because that's what my monitor is, and it would be kind of sad to take a step down, but, you know, for portability's sake and for it being this nice case that I have everything in would be really great. But again, you know, that's, that's a ton of money that I just don't have. And, you know, it's it's sad that, you know, this whole thing happened because otherwise I'd just be playing from work a couple times a week and playing with that 19 inch monitor I got would not be an issue at all you know if I would have known that wasn't going to be an option I I certainly would have considered other alternate possibilities like you know the games case which I think at the time I considered it they only had the 720p monitor which was kind of you know not ideal I don't know um sad life is sad and there are many sad things, and it's probably not going to get better from what I can see anytime soon. But hopefully everybody out there is having a much better time than me. And the sad news in this podcast hopefully didn't make you too sad. I know I had two sad news things and one good news thing. So hopefully you're into Destiny and can focus on the good news. But I guess that's it for this time. 
and hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing, bird and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room, welcome to a tropical hideaway. You lucky people, you. If we weren't in the show starting right away, we'd dig the audience too. All together in the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing, bird and the flowers croon. In the tiki Film editing software I really liked, and so all people, 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 people. They should have new 1080p models pretty soon, which would ideally be. be, be. I have misjudged you. Join the club. We've got jackets. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B, number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.